0: Welcome to the Voice Hacks Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Z. On the Voice Hacks Podcast, I'll be talking to some of rock and metal's best singers, coaches, and experts about what goes into the mysterious and amazing sounds we make with our voices. If you like this podcast, please help spread the word by sharing it with your friends, post our episodes on your Facebook and Instagram, and tag me and my guests. I'm at MetalMaryZ on Instagram. Don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, follow me on YouTube at Voice Hacks by Mary Z. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. It's Mary Z back once again for the Voice Hacks podcast. And today's guest is an awesome YouTuber. So many of you guys know and love. It's Nick Nocturnal. And we're going to talk to him today about... Lots of things involving, you know, creating an audience, social media, the vocalists he's worked with, some of the vocal exploration he's doing himself. Hello, Nick. So great to have you. Thank you so much for being on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked. This is really fun. We haven't had a chance to like sit down and chat at length. We've had little Mm. encounters here and there, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I took that vocal lesson with you and that helped me a lot a while back. And that's all I think we've talked really since then.
0: Which was really cool. That was really fun. Yeah. For everybody listening, we did a... um... And uh, a little bit of a voice lesson to work on some of the harsh vocals, and it was really fun. So how I first discovered you was just, you know, again, in this YouTube verse that we live in. Mm-hmm. But but way back, you're almost to half a million subscribers now.
1: That's weird to me. Yeah, it's... it's. <laughs> I feel like, you, you know, like, I definitely kept track, like, going to 100K or whatever. And, then you, and you keep caring, and then it's like, you kind of get to that number, and you're like, okay. <laughs> it's just... You yeah. know, it's, it, I'm glad it's definitely growing. And that's great because it opens up more opportunities and stuff. But it's just a number to me at this point. It's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing to see.
0: Most of us are like introverted musicians. And so right. for most of us, it is a little weird. You know what yeah. I mean? And of course you keep track up to 100,000 cuz that's the silver play button. It is kind of disappointing that they don't have anything at half a million. It's it sucks that you have to get <laughs> all the way to a million from from 100,000.
1: Yeah, it's quite the grind. I definitely will like I'll do something special, I'm sure, for half if whatever I reach that. But yeah, it's it's just a fun grind and I'm more so measured by just engagement, I think more so just how many people like people actually feel that are like commenting and are actually watching the content currently. Mm-hmm. That gives me somewhat of a better metric because I know with subs, I mean, especially since that's something I've built over like seven years, it's like how many are actually still there? How many just subbed once or used their YouTube account once? I have no idea. Um, that's so, a good point. Yeah. I'm also just measured by, oh, you know, people are actually watching this video. Oh, I did this. There's actually kind of hype around this. That actually kind of gives me a better indicator nowadays than even just the sub number for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with that because um, when I look at my actual analytics, um, people who don't sub to me are the ones watching the videos right. more. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people who discover you off of searches and things or YouTube suggestions mm-hmm. uh, aren't necessarily hitting that sub button, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not like we get paid per sub anyways, it just definitely helps. But even with our subs, it's not like everyone gets notified when we have videos anyways. So it's like I said, it's like, ah, okay, <laughs> it's, it's growing, which is great. But it's not the thing I keep as much track of versus like other things, I guess.
0: Well, I wanted to talk to you about how you got started on YouTube because the first thing I noticed before I ever talked to you back when I saw your channel, and this was a long time ago, it was like probably around the 100,000 subscriber time or just a little bit before that. But I remember looking at your stuff and being like, this guy has it right. You have a lot of your original music, your instrumental music, Hmm. um, under the Nick Nocturnal name, specifically solo stuff. I noticed, I was like, man, this is great. This is exactly what I wish all musicians would do, Mm -hmm. which is you do a bunch of other content on the channel to generate uh, people coming to the channel. Because one big thing that I think we'll end up talking about is how, like, obviously original music is not searchable and things like that. Was that the reason you started doing YouTube was to sort of uh, get your music out there? Because it it really did work. And um, that was my first impression was that you totally had the right idea. You were trying to do other content to grow the channel. And then you also were hosting your original music music through
1: there it was a it was a mix of that plus um seeing dudes do like guitar covers when i was kind of growing up and watching youtube um so i'd see people do that but then they would also promote their original music so i kind of was intrigued by both of those things i was like oh wow like those doing covers look so fun like I'm, i'm i was sitting there watching people do these and at that time like i was just learning songs by myself just for the self-satisfaction of doing it and it was super fun and then i was like oh maybe i'll share that with people that might be fun and then i was like okay yeah also i'm you know writing music it's not the best music at that time because i was a young kid but like you know at least it was something i was passionate about and having fun i was like well that also could be then a way maybe of me promoting it you know um and literally just seeing like what people i don't know if you remember like killer buckeye or like um shades of black was another dude he didn't really do covers and stuff but there was a few like instrumental youtube dudes guitar guys back then that would like do covers and then like throw an original song out like once a year or something and it was super hype and i loved seeing that i wanted to just literally do that um so yeah that's definitely one of the big reasons why i started and i just happened to end up as i did more covers and did youtube content like kind of really loving doing the youtube stuff in itself and it was kind of weird because yeah the majority was like music i'm doing this i love music i love writing music and the covers look kind of fun so i want to do that too but then it kind of like the youtube side kind of started to overpower the writing side which completely shocked me and i did not expect that to happen um and nowadays obviously fast forward like seven years it's i i i've done so much of the youtube stuff that i kind of relive that passion more so the music stuff even though i still like youtube's my life and my whole career but yeah, that is definitely, it was both of those reasons which made me want to start and push and get out there because I knew if I just shoved original music, like no one, no one's going to listen. No one's going to find it. How do you find that? You're no one's searching Nick Nocturnal if you don't know who that is, <laughs> right? It's yeah. Just, it's just not happening. Like I'd even put like Gent Instrumental or like Metalcore in the title. And sure, that would help a little bit with people searching Metalcore, but you're still, like it's not going to show up. Like there's too much other, other things titled Metalcore or Gent. So it's, it was just a way to kind of find a way into people actually watching this stuff that was, was great. And then, like I said, also grew a love for doing YouTube, like kind of accidentally while doing it.
0: That's, but you, you make all the valid points. And I think this is so cool for the people that uh, are going to be listening to this podcast because a lot of it is my vocal student client type of people who are mm. just starting out. It's a totally different world now than it used to be. Like there's like this oh, yeah. sea of opportunity, but there's a sea of people in that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you stand out? Unfortunately, yeah, original music is not at all searchable. People do not know who you are. And have you ever found a band by going to YouTube and being like, new power metal band? Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) nobody does that no one's typing new gent bands into the search so even if you're doing that it's not going to bring people to you you have to have other content lots and lots of people i even have a friend coming over tonight how do i get the youtube that you have and everything and i'm like well most of the stuff like i have no original music on my youtube channel first of all And I have very little vocal covers, and I didn't even start adding those until later. You know, Mm -hmm. this is what you have to do. You have to make some other content Mm -hmm. and get people over here. They'll start looking when they're over there, and then Nick Nocturnal becomes a searchable thing because you become a thing.
1: Yes. You you know? Exactly. Yeah. The thing that put me apart because even though I was doing covers, I still have to somewhat stand out. And that's, it's funny because at the time I didn't know. It made me stand out because I was. it's not like I had a bunch of friends playing guitar with me all the time when I was younger. I was literally just a dude who would go to school, go home, play WoW video games, and then fucking play guitar all day. And that's all I did. I was just a normal dude doing that. One of the things that made me stand out, apparently, was me learning songs really fast. And I didn't know that was a thing until I covered a song that just came out. And people were like, dude, you learned that so fast. Like, what, what the hell? And that video got more views. And I was like, okay, this is some kind of indicator that... Uh-huh. This is perhaps one of my strengths that kind of set me apart from other people. And literally for four years straight, without even, I don't think doing any other content in those four years, maybe like an odd video here and there, I built my entire brand off being the fast cover guy that releases original music as well. And that was literally it for four years.
0: Yeah, because some of the things I've seen you blow up on have been like, whoa, this dude learned the whole Slipknot album in less than 24 hours.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the doing things like that. Um, uh, was was definitely playing to my strengths. And that's what I also tell people is like, how do you build channels? Like, well, like you're saying, you know, just music's not going to do it. Do something that people, that's searchable, that will connect to other things. You know, people are obviously going to search Bring in the Horizon when it comes out. Your video is going to show up in the SEO if you do a reaction or a cover right away, as long as it's good. And if it's good content, people will then hit sub. They'll follow, they'll want to watch more and other things you do. And that's how you start to build the audience. But also having something unique is really important in, in something that's like well you know even right now there's a million people doing reactions who who cares if another person sits there in front of a camera listens to a song and <laughs> yes, head a little yes. and then it's, it's done you have to offer something unique like vocalists reacts to vocal things that's grateful people want to hear a vocalist perspective you know i watch that's why i watch a lot of like your videos and i think card and a lot of like other vocalists teachers that actually do that because I love watching that. And I learn a lot. And I think it's great. Or like drum teacher reacts or, you know, whatever it might be someone someone that can provide something special to that niche that actually adds a lot of value. And that's your niche that just build towards that. That's your thing. People will come because you're the one that can provide that specialty, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I think uh, that's, that's a huge thing. You've got to be Unique in some way. I've seen this guy a lot on YouTube. A uh, pastor reacts, like a preacher yeah. <laughs> reacts. I mean, stuff like that. And, and I love how you re- you you put like metal musician reacts. You've even gone beyond guitar player or whatever yeah. because catering to the niche is super important. And mm-hmm. so now that you've been building this stuff up, you've had a lot of opportunities to work with other musicians. So that's the other thing. If the name builds up, then the opportunities of the folks who you get to work with and and they just keep getting bigger. I mean, obviously your partnership with Andy uh in yeah. Termina is fantastic, you know, two YouTubers come together and I feel mm-hmm. like you guys kind of came to fruition on YouTube around the same time. You have a lot of parallel like
1: Yeah, groups, you know? we we definitely did. He was doing cover content and um uh, we covered the same song. I think it was from First to Last, Make War. i remember specifically that's what they haven't released anything basically since i think one other song and that was it but that song came i remember covering that and seeing andy cover it really fast i was like who is this this dude you know that's also (laughs) now the seo is smashing with him and no matter what even at that time if it was guitarist kind of versus vocalist doing a cover vocalist will always kind of start to overtake and then the seo will start to promote that one um so i was like who is this dude that just came out of nowhere right now and just just dominated this and it was andy and i saw him and i was like damn and then i added him on facebook and he messaged me he was like dude I, I like your videos i saw some of your videos i'm like oh you're a real nice guy and literally nice. just from there we were just just like okay i had a project i was doing um lincoln park released their album and i was like it would be cool to do a metal version of this i was like hmm, i wonder who could maybe pull this off i was like oh andy just did like a lincoln park cover." I hit that dude up, and he was like, "Sure, let's do it." Ever since then, it was just—it's that—that's it. I, he was my guy. I, I, he sent me those stems, and and he did it on time, which is so important in this industry. Which is so surprising oh God, that everyone yes. is so late with everything. I don't get that. Just can do things on time, and you'll have so many more music friends. Um, and that's yeah, a huge
0: it. thing that um, people also don't understand in music is mm-hmm. uh, musicians, because we have a lot of eccentricity um if you have if you're a real responsible like yeah uh, on time kind of punctual person and and like that alone stands out a lot in the music industry because creative people aren't aren't always like that so it's interesting that you just a little aside that you brought that up
1: Oh, yeah. A talent, it's even nowadays, everyone's so good at their instruments. It's that's, you know, you can go to Walmart and find 30 musicians that are all really, really good at what they do. You know what I mean? But it's like ones that are good at what they do. That's just the entry level. Now, if you're just if you're punctual and you're also just kind of not a bad person, like you're a decent human being that will get you almost so much further than just being like a god of guitar or even vocals. Nowadays, it's it's crazy how much those things help.
0: And and all of that has changed a lot. I mean, it used yeah. to before, like you know, the the every everybody being a musician, everybody being on the internet. Like, you could be a dick because True. <laughs> you, could, <laughs> yeah. you could be like, I'm the best in the world, and I make this record label all this money, and I can trash the hotel, and yeah. everyone can actually afford to pay for it because, in a sense, the music industry uh wasn't. It's almost like it's become like socialized, if you will, like mm. accessible to everybody. And before, quite frankly, it wasn't. So the people, right. the few people making it, were making just so much money yeah. they that it, that they could behave like that. Mm. And again, it was very hard to discover all the talent that was out there. It was only through certain channels, and um, you could really get away with being a narcissist. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh
1: yeah, oh definitely, <laughs> like yeah. a
0: sociopathic narcissist. But now. Talent is, everybody's talented now. Yeah. So like if you're a jerk, if you're an asshole, people's tolerance for it on a business level, labels, agents, like it's not existent anymore. Nobody mm-hmm. tolerates it anymore. Venues don't tolerate bands trashing stuff anymore. Yeah. The tolerance is absolutely at zero. So you've got to be have the talent first, but then you do need to behave and be professional and yeah. live up to your word and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think some people confuse like oh you have to be super professional as being like super corporate or something it, when it's just no, just if you're asked to do something and you're like yeah, I'll do it, do it. You know, it's like simple things yes. like that sometimes.
0: And so that's interesting because I just recorded a podcast episode yesterday um with this vocalist Adrian Cowan and um, she had some has had some big opportunities in sort of like the European metal scene. And one of the things that one of the people making her the offer what, said to her was like, I know you're not going to be um, a crazy diva about this and you're going to be easy to yeah. work with and you're going to be good to work with. And... Um, And she was a little bit newer and and younger than some of the other people who they could have potentially called for that opportunity. Mm. But her personality, like the talent obviously had to be there. But again, it was an example of someone sort of get called up because they knew that personality wise they could rely on this person. So that's cool. You mentioned that about Andy.
1: Oh, yeah. And even if you think about like all these bands, like you're a small band or something, you're like, oh, I dream on going tour with slipped on and stuff like a lot of these big bands will like they'll want people talented, but they really just want cool dudes that are up and coming that just are cool to hang out with. You know, you're on tour for like months. You don't want assholes near you that are trashing shit and making stuff harder. You want cool people there that you can hang out with and just have a fun time with while you're on tour and, and enjoy it. Like that's one of the best ways I've seen bands actually get (laughs) on those big rosters. A lot of times at whilst of course, still being talented, but that's just an entry to barrier now, just being talented. That's just, you got to have that no matter what.
0: No, this is so great, and I'm so glad we're talking about this, but it makes sense that the more successful YouTubers and the more successful people out there do have this attitude and that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like on this page um, or or you wouldn't be where you are, (laughs) you know, but I've seen that time and time again. One of the um, I've been super impressed when I've had the opportunity to tour with bands that were. Uh, super cool and whatnot. So you'll look at some people's Spotify numbers and you know be like, "Why does that guy get this thing? But mm-hmm. like again, sometimes it has to do with uh, again the attitude, the people to work with. I want to deviate a little bit and talk mm-hmm. about some of the other vocalists uh, that you've been a lot of my audience is vocal oriented
1: right. um,
0: that you've been have opportunity to work with. And I saw recently you're gonna get the opportunity to work with uh, or are working with Phil Labonte. Yes. Uh, what's going on with that?
1: that um yeah that's crazy to me still um but it's um I'm, I'm doing essentially an old school uh metalcore-esque like early 2000s style um ep slash album with phil from all that remains and
0: sick oh yeah. my god that is so sick
1: yeah so if you're a fan of like um fall of ideals obviously it's like from all that remains um Hell as yes. early as i lay dying kill switch yeah, um a, a lot of the stuff during a oh, Even there's definitely some Bullet For My Valentine in there too. Some like The Poison. All those early kind of core albums that I, myself, like I grew up with that stuff. That is my core, what I am, even though I'll go and listen to Drop Dead Breakdowns nowadays and all these crazy, weird, modern metal things. To the core, I'm still that kid that just like, I'll throw on like Tears Don't Fall and I'll be like, this is the jam. (laughs) You know? No, that
0: stuff's the jam. Guitar Hero 2, man. You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I actually, it's a funny story because I was already starting to write that for myself. Like I had no idea of having a vocalist or anything on that. I was like, oh, it's a cool idea. Like, let's go back and try to use a six string. You know, I haven't used my six string in forever because everyone (laughs) nowadays is using eights and sevens. And so was I, I was like, oh, wow. Like this instrument still exists and still can, you can make awesome stuff on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And I was writing on that, having fun writing that type of thing. And I was like, wow, some of these songs, like, it's not that they necessarily need vocals but wow if there was like a vocalist on this like this would just absolutely up this and tear this apart but you know it would have to like and first thing i was like wow like imagine if someone like phil was on something like this uh, that would be fucking like actually mind-blowing like that because it has that sound and oh, he has but- that yeah and he has that more like a baritone voice which i love andy and Andy's, you know, perfect in how we do Termin and stuff. Cause I love his more like dance, Gavin dance type style. Like the, that like R and B singer esque, but like he screams like a death core dude, which mm-hmm. I love that mix. Yeah. But, he has a
0: real high voice though. I get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Um, and I've never worked with like a baritone, you know, like that has that mm-hmm. like commanding, like very y core voice. And that's the lot of stuff I grew up listening to. So I was like, yeah, man, like, Oh my God, if I got someone like Phil, that'd be insane. And it was so funny because after that, like because of the pandemic, all the musicians are now on Twitch <laughs> and um, I was already on Twitch doing my thing, streaming and all that. And I started to kind of network a little bit here and there. And I went into Phil's chat one day and I was like, hey, like, dude, love your stuff because I didn't know he streamed until that day. And he's like, Nick, you know, like I was like, what the fuck?" like, you know, me <laughs> like you you've seen or know of me in any way. It's like, yeah, man, like I've seen some of your videos. They're dope. And I was like, wow,
0: wow that's cool.
1: Yeah, and I definitely had, like, a fangirl moment there for a second. I was like, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then from there, like, you know, just kept kind of talking here and there and, like, you know, raiding each other on Twitch and hanging in chat. And um, we followed each other on Twitter, and I was like, I was like, well, I'm still writing this, like, metal thing. I was like, I'm just going to try. Like, I'm just going to go for it. And I literally... First made sure I had three full demos that were beautiful and pretty up. I wasn't going to send him like, here's this thing that like, I'm kind of thinking of sending you. Yeah, you know, like, very important. Done. You know, I'm going to put like a breakdown later and like this, this, like, you would, you can picture it, right? Like, no, he's not going to picture it. He doesn't know what I'm sending him. Like, I want it to be like, this is the song, <laughs> you know? Like three tracks, he gets a full overview of this is what I have to offer. And, you know, I'm not sending him the full album of stuff, but three, I think was like a great, kind of teaser of what i can offer in the thing and the kind of style i was going with so i just went with it i was like no idea what he's gonna say messaged him i was like hey man here's what i got you know if you're into it you know it would just be a simple like you know splits kind of 50 50 thing we make you know can produce it ourselves if we really want music videos won't be that crazy you know if you're into it i think we could make some awesome music and then he um, messaged me the day after he was like dude yeah this is sick here's my number and I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> like, this is happening. Oh, this is great. Yeah, like, this is happening. Um, and then, yeah, we got talking, and I got to know him a bit better, and it was cool. We just kind of clicked on that, like, personal level a lot more. And from there, we just kept, we're like, all right, let's do some writing sessions. And we tried some writing sessions, and it was really cool seeing his perspective on writing stuff, like, because he's, he's a legend in this scene. He's a dude who's been doing oh, it for yeah. so long. I was like, wow like this is this is crazy and i I, and I loved seeing that and he would take the songs and kind of amp them a little bit make them a bit more malleable make it so like okay this makes sense here's for vocals right and i've been working with vocals for a while so again i'm a bit more used to you know leaving space and all that and not just putting shredding everywhere you know and all sure. that um there is a good amount of shredding though in solos because of course 2000s metalcore but uh, yeah. yeah, it's just leaving space and just he completely just dominated. He sent me vocal tracks for the first track, and I was like, "Wow, this is fucking, this is crazy, dude!" Like, this is exactly <laughs> what I was kind of going for and like kind of had that envisioned. And it, it, I guess, whole point is like, it really just started with me just taking like just a shot in the dark, like nothing to lose, you know? Hey, you know, we've been talking. He knows of me. That's the important thing is like that you kind of know of each other at least and kind of know what you can offer first, because that's the difference, I guess, between just sending a musician just a just something, you know, that you don't know or anything. Because then, Yeah,
0: there's got to be something there. Just send the email. You could have sat there. I, I've heard this so many times from people I know that are established that are cool. not new and they'll go, I'm not. Can you can you introduce me to that guy? I'm not famous enough yeah for him to i'm like what do you think i am like first of all like what do you think that they're gonna listen to me like i got some magic in with everybody you know you got to know the person but at the yeah. same time um you know, I don't think I'm, I'm like, well, how famous I'll ask people like, well, how famous do you think you need to be before you can send that email? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like beyond, like you said, you have to have a bait. If you're like just a random person, no one will respond to you no matter how good the music is. I mean, that's just life. People don't know who you are personality wise. They, and again, people are already established. They have a name, they have a reputation, they have to work on a certain level. But beyond that, what if you would have said, you know, I'm not, I haven't done anything like him or sold as many records as Philip Bonte. I can't reach out to him and you mm. didn't say that you just went for it so
1: yeah that that's something i've learned over doing this for so long was first of all you're gonna get a lot of rejection you're gonna get a lot of no you're gonna sometimes get mean messages back you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of just ignored you know and that it's not about all the times you get denied it's about the 0.1 that go through that actually create the crazy opportunities that's all you need right so I've always kind of had that mantra going forward and learning more and just getting basically shit on, you know, by, by people for so long that it's like, I don't know, you know, if someone says no, it's like, all right, like, I don't, you know, I'm not offended by that. I'm not going to go like delete all my socks It's, it's just, I'm like, all right, you know, it's like, I, I more so think of it as a possible opportunity that could be gained than if they said no an opportunity that is taken away because I never had that opportunity in the first place. So I'm not going to like, be sad about it not happening because so I wasn't given that, anyways. Right. Just assume it's gonna happen because I mess with them. I never do that. And that to me has just always helped. And that was literally it. I was like, there's I'm sending him a proper DM, no BS. Here are the songs, here's what I'm thinking, my dude. That's all. And if you're into it, that'd be awesome. You know, literally just that. And I it just it just worked. And that was that was so cool. And like I said, from that, I'm able to actually talk to him and get to know him better. And that's been really cool just kind of connecting more on that personal level because i know obviously with all of us when we have like kind of those legends in the scene like we we always will put them on that pedestal no matter what like i said Certainly. when i first when phil was like dude i saw your content i was like dude i fucking fangirl i was like what the fuck like that's so cool um, and then you get to know them more and you're like yeah they're just a, a normal dude that's great at what they do and super respectable in the scene it's like that's awesome and they're super talented
0: this is so wonderful. I, I love hearing this because that's the thing I'm always trying to say to a lot of my students, or just again, friends, other musicians. Yeah. Not asking is the same as asking because if someone says no, it is always the same as if you didn't ask. Yeah. But they can yeah. never say yes the difference is they can never say yes if you don't ask
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and just being realistic with yourself and sometimes you know placing like what what do you really sometimes have to offer and sometimes you're going to get that really wrong it's going to take a while to kind of understand your I call it like artificial worth I guess in the industry Ah, like like that when you kind of hit someone up like what is what do they think if they know your name what is that value that they kind of see you know not like money money corporate world but like in terms of oh you're that dude that can write like solid music or you're that dude that does like really cool uh, fun promotions for bands or you're that person that you know does a lot of touring and stuff like that right um, and that's, that's something you want to kind of try to evaluate for yourself. Like what makes you stand out? You know, if you're just another music person that wants to work, go on tour with all the big bands, you know, so does everybody else. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. Why?
1: Why? Well,
0: yeah. I've been to a couple presentations at different conferences and stuff with like bigger managers of metal bands and things. And I think one I went to was like, how to get the attention of like fa- famous pe- or successful people or like like to right. like to that band you want to tour with and and yeah there is this bit of a catch 22 you know you have to have something to offer beforehand you have to establish an audience and then opportunities will come. Because again, why does an established person, so we've talked about how nowadays talent is not enough. You know, in the, the worst thing in the world people can do is grow up on music movies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, and watch, uh, especially nowadays, because the industry is not the same as it was for, like yeah. the vast majority of the 20th century. The 21st century music industry is completely different, especially since 20. 13 yeah yeah. and okay even then i would say that this kind of over exaggerated in the movies but you'll see movies especially ones that you know, where it's really old school music industry, the 60s and things, 50s, a long time ago, where people would be like, oh, this guy's talented. He's got the talent. That's the (laughs) one, you know, like the A&R rep goes to your show to see you. Right, right. Like a whole different thing. You watch the Doors movie, Rockstar, you name it. It used to be that because there weren't outlets to promote your music, the record label would have to make the artist big almost. But but nowadays you have to have something, you know, because right, like, why would Phil LeBante write back to you if you were not a known? And of course, through, your, through the things that you've become known for, you also demonstrate ther- certain things. You've yes. demonstrated your skills. Like you said, oh, you're the guy who can do the fast thing. You know, you have something to offer. So that's the catch-22 is I get a lot of bitter students. Why did they have something? And I'm a way better singer than this person. I'm like... I hate to tell you this, but that person has way more social media followers than you and Mm -hmm. is more established and more of a name. So even if you think you can execute that skill a little bit better, uh, Mm -hmm. nobody cares.
1: Yeah. Having something to offer, knowing your worth and then letting, weirdly enough, like still taking opportunities, but also sometimes being like, okay, I see these other people in my field, whatever, doing better than me. And I know that's like that first thing, like, damn, like, why can't I do, you know, that good? And then trying to internalize that and be like, okay, I'm going to make it so the world can't ignore me in a sense. Like Uh I have to do something, whether it be something so unique or so cool or just have something of value where almost a lot of people start to come to you, even though it might take a while to build. Like I said, that took me forever to build, right? As a person who started with no contacts, it's not like I had... it's not like my mom was like a manager, AR or anything. She's an accountant, you know, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And you started young too.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, oh God, how old was I? Maybe I started seven years. So like 17, maybe 18 mm. or around there when it came to like doing that stuff and just going for it and being like, I need to do things where people can't ignore. That's one of the reasons I did like, oh, like I'm going to cover the whole Slipknot album in, in one day. No one's done that. Like, I can see, like, you got to almost envision it sometimes being in, like, a a, a, a title for, like, a press a press uh, release, something like that. If you can see that being a title that people want to click on, that's what the journalists are thinking. That's what labels that's are That's exactly thinking. what
0: happened to you, because I remember yeah. that got, that exact thing happened. You got yeah. picked up by a lot of metal outlets. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it. They were like, this guy covered the Slipknot thing, and that, you know, like... Mm -hmm. that's literally what happened to you
1: yeah and that's how i built a good amount of my brand even doing like covers with andy like i I know bring me the horizon came out with ammo and i know it was they had the song medicine which was a pop song and i was like okay we're gonna do a metal cover this like easy right we're gonna we're gonna do in the style of bring me the horizon i see that right there you know metal fans turn bring me the horizon pop song into bring me the horizon style song you know something like that as long as we do it right though that's also important. You actually have to do it properly <laughs> and not do a just good make job. Most- yeah. Yeah. And you want when people
0: click up. on that, like they don't, they can't be like a half-assed cover.
1: Exactly. Right. Because then also that, they also care about that too. Like, of course, journalists and the publications and labels and all that stuff want a nice, easy to sell title. That's why even when I sometimes submit things to publications, I will literally just type the title in the subject line. I got you you know like you don't even have to do work <laughs> if you like the title and you like the pitch go for copy, it let's work for you copy
0: paste but yeah. this is a bit also almost about manifesting like yes. understanding what ahead of time like what is ex- uh what people are looking for exactly this has all been fascinating because again people ask me all the time like what do i have to do blah blah, blah. i'll literally i guess this is probably frustrating for you too one of the when, one of the most frustrating things is, though, is I'll tell a lot of people exactly what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people won't want to do most of the things that we're talking about. Actually, it's really strange, yep. but a lot of the things we're talking about are out of the average person's comfort zone. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always say feel the fear, but do it anyway, because I don't think most musicians are their own worst critics. Yep. We're all nerdy. <laughs> we're all nerdy introverts. It weirds me out i only have one-fifth of the subscribers you have but I, it still weirds me out a little bit um mm-hmm. especially like when i'm going around town i live in las vegas and and people are like oh you're mary zimmer and i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> like who what now like i'm like looking around like yeah. you can't be talking to me so i think it is i mean it's in reality i think it's beyond most of our comfort zones you don't get comfortable with it mm-hmm. until you're out there doing it like it's freaky at first like it's freaky at first you're nervous as hell sending that message oh, to yeah. Dante or whoever you Know, or that press release out there that's going to make you vulnerable. So a lot of people get this information. It's amazing how publicly available all this information is, but I think the reason why a lot of people don't do it is there's a real deep internal thing you've got to wrestle with and reconcile with and it, and that is getting out of your comfort zone.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. If you're if you're worried about all the time what people are going to think or how embarrassed you're going to feel or if they say no, or you know how many haters you're gonna get in the comments that tell you really really mean things if you do your video or whatever, you just won't do them. You're gonna like you're gonna be your own worst enemy instead of just saying you know fuck it, just go for it, try it, have some fun. If people are gonna be that mean, let them to be that mean. That's cool. People you know are mean for different reasons. Maybe they had a shitty day, you know, sometimes, and they just need to let it out in a really non healthy way or. Whatnot, not yeah. uh, without ignoring criticism, though, because that's, I think, an important distinction a lot of people forget is like, I personally love criticism. If someone's on my video, I'm like, hey, Nick, you could have done this, this, this. I think this would have been better. I love seeing that. I'm like, thank you. You have made me think about things I can improve mm-hmm. on if I have someone telling me to like cut my face off, I'm like, all right, so that's not going to help the quality of these videos too much. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to yeah. do much <laughs> and just kind of taking in those differences and just, just going and trying different things. You're going to get, you know, made fun of, you're going to, people are going to be mean sometimes, but you're also going to unlock a lot of really cool opportunities and you just got to have fun. Like if, if you're having fun, a lot of the time the hate and all that shit, you just ignore it anyways. You're like, I don't care. I'm having fun. (laughs) You know, like I'm here hanging out, doing my thing, trying new things. Fuck what people think sometimes. Just have fun, enjoy it until it's not fun, you know?
0: yeah because if you aren't enjoying it it doesn't sell very well like yes. you can tell when a musician's painfully executing something <laughs> like yeah. I see a lot of that here living in Las Vegas because there's a the type of musician that's happy to be in all the local Vegas shows and then there's yeah. the type of musician that's not satisfied with their career they wanted to do something else but now they're just like getting paid and they're like bitter about it so yeah. it just it's really tough you can see it if someone's not enjoying it playing music is not just playing music like you do have to pick better opportunities and enjoy it but i wanted to also divert a little bit and talk about how you started expanding a little bit into vocals you know most yes. of the people listening are going to be uh, a little bit vocal focused although i would say every all the industry and youtube stuff we're talking about applies directly to vocalists oh yeah but um so i i died laughing when you did the somebody once told me <laughs> <laughs> I was dying on that. You did like some trap harsh vocal thing yeah. with uh, the Smash Mouth.
1: Yes, uh, Smash Mouth All-Star. I uh, had some fun doing that one. <laughs> it was
0: hysterical, but it was super entertaining. And actually, you know, after seeing you for a lesson and, and seeing some of that stuff, you have a really good scream kind of going now. Also, too, though, you've got the sort of like corpse husband um, low voice in your talking voice. I'm sure people have told you that, too. You could do a lot of what he does with the you like the trap you know yeah. like you have like that baritone speaking voice as well I don't know if you've ever thought about using that at all but
1: I have sometimes because I mean trap metal is just kind of the new thing now and I'm like mm-hmm. I like it. I'm down with exploring it's like I've already done such stupid things way dumber than me trying to do a trap metal song like doing the all-star thing that I was like all right like let's try that's kind of my mindset nowadays mm-hmm. and um that's also one of the big reasons I wanted to get better at vocals and I like hit you up because I wanted to be able to have that freedom creatively be like I want to try this oh damn I can't do that because I don't know how to scream that's you know I hate having that feeling I want to be like okay I want to try this it's not going to be the best (laughs) but at least I can get it to the point of where I'm decently happy with it like I can present it you know and for the Mm -hmm. concept at least and yeah I, I tried doing that um I literally did a video like Metal musician tries to make a trap metal song with no idea what I was doing. Like I was using Cubase to like make the beats. I think I had 808s as the kick drums and things like that. Nice. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just going. You know, same thing. Just going with the flow. Like I kind of always am. Like manifesting. Like I think that's what they do, and just doing it, being like, does it sound close enough? Okay. (laughs) You know, like it's kind of getting there. And then I was like, oh, this needs vocals. Obviously. All right. So I'm not a lyricist. That's probably my weakest thing out of anything. So I was like. Well, what's better? This is already such a stupid, fun video. Let's just do some all-stars lyrics. Those (laughs) go with anything. So why not? I just kind of threw that down and it was a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) No, it was super fun and entertaining. And, you know, people laughing their ass off, having a good time rather than taking it too seriously.
1: I think even just like screaming and vocalists almost as like um, there's an instrument nowadays is so it is the thing. Like that's hot. Like even if you go on things like TikTok. You'll, you won't even see something like amazing, you know, a dude doing a crazy scream. Let's do a secure dude doing like a kind of normal fry over like some weird pop song and they'll get like millions of views on there. And you're like, okay, this is kind of what people want now. This is just like the hot thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like trap metal and all that's also like really popular, popularizing kind of like harsh vocals. And I'm like, I'm not going to miss the boat, you know, like why am I? I'm just jumping on, on. On.
0: Yeah. Jump on
1: the boat. Like, let, let's, let's try my best. You know, I'm a firm believer of, you know, almost everyone has the capability to try to learn an instrument. Yeah, sure. Some people are more gifted with than others. You know, same thing with guitar or drums. But yeah, you, you can find some way and manifest in some way to do to do those noises. You know, it, it, you got to yes. just, yeah, you know, it's not easy. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, you can do it if you put in the time and effort and research and work um so i was like yeah, let's you know i'm not gonna miss the boat on this let's have some fun and literally because of that i'm working on like a meme trap metal ep where i'm just i don't even know what the lyrics are going to be one of them is about copyright which is just hilarious <laughs> my videos getting dmca'd um and just having guest vocalists on that who are actual good vocalists just mess around with me and just just throw it out there you know like why not here's a metalcore album here's a modern metal album and here's a trap metal thing that i did because i was bored
0: But, but that's really cool because you're reaching all the different audiences. You're also kind of seeing what trends are happening. Yeah. I mean, even among the trends, you're not necessarily like catering to them. You're doing a 2000s metalcore thing too.
1: Yeah, you doing do trends that I enjoy. Exactly. I'm like, mm-hmm. I see that. Like, I think Trap Metal is pretty cool. Like, all right. Like, I think it's cool. If I thought it was boring or bad, I'm like, I'm not going to do it just to necessarily do it. I'm like, that's because especially when it comes to the artistic side, the only time we're all cave is like, I really am not a huge fan of TikTok, but I know it's the thing. So I'm not going to just be ignorant and ignore it. So I'll just throw things on there. I'll just be like, here's a reaction. You know, here's a reaction. I never opened this app. I spent two minutes uploading these videos. Everyone knows it. Yes. So I'm going to just throw it on there. That's the only thing I'll be like, I really don't care about this. But when it, You know, if you have to write something, I feel like I have to at least have fun doing it or enjoy it when it comes to that artistic writing part. Even if I heard like one trap song out of the millions that I just liked and the other ones I didn't, I'd be like, Okay, that's kind of good enough for me, you know. Like I can like I can work with that, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited to kind of explore that more and, and more. And it's it's been such a fun little journey of because I even myself, like I'm a I'm a quiet dude, like I'm not like the huge loud talkative dude. I think I've literally never like yelled at a person in my life, like out of anger, you know. Like I'm like a very to myself chill dude. So raising my voice is not a thing for me, <laughs> like in uh-huh, any capacity. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: So yeah. it's re- it was really weird for me getting used to actually trying to project. I've never done that literally in my whole life. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a weird feeling. I feel like I'm shouting at someone kind of, but like without damaging anything I was doing it, like in a safe way. I was like, wow, it's weird. And it was different and it was fun. And but oh, my God, does it take work? Like I've I've learned a lot of instruments in my lifetime, but damn vocals. They're so fun and rewarding. But they are tricky to get, like, get oh, a little so used to. so
0: hard. Yeah. And you nailed a lot of points when you're talking about it's an instrument like anything else. So yeah. you sought out some tips and instruction. And that's really what it is. It's so hard to control the instrument. I was
1: about to say, like, people be like, Nick, how do like, it looks so easy. I'm like, bro, my, my fingers are bruised. Like, I know I didn't, like, you know, like, I, my fingers are literally, like, like blackened. Like, they are, <laughs> they're not having fun after I did this one. But um, it's, even when I teach my, like, guitar students, I'm like, I know things make it look easy, but it's all those subtle dynamics. And and it's kind of like the better you get, the better you can get and the more efficient you get. And oh, you realize yeah. the more efficient you get, the less strenuous things you have to do that you think you have to do to get the same output, right? Like Just like with vocals, like people, I think, underestimate how much the mic does, you know, it's like to get that. Oh, same, yeah. Right. Just like with guitars, people underestimate how much just your guitar tones are going to carry you through a lot of that, how much like a compression pedal is going to make it. So you're not stabbing your fingers on your fretboards to make them bleed. Yes.
0: Yes. Most of the new people that I have are, I'm like, you have to put a, a compressor on. You mm. should practice monitoring yourself in the DAW, the way you sound raw in a room. You're not necessarily hearing all of it. And every microphone has a bit of a frequency curve. You're not yeah. hearing an even representation of all the distortion. It's the same thing. You'll you'll push harder because you think you're not making it as much of a scream. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, too, a lot of people think, and I think this is has to do with instruments, too, but especially vocals, that if you put... Compression and reverb, which certainly cannot make someone scream, it doesn't make a sound a scream. Yeah. Um, that without those, you can't actually hear some of the things you're doing. It makes it harder. And there's this misconception that people can put an effect on their voice and then their scream is going to be like, oh, it's <laughs> terrible. First of all, none that doesn't exist. Telling you know, knowing I is, wish. But, yeah, I would I use like, that. And number two, I always go, well, what sound would you do into the microphone? then that would turn it in you know what i mean what would be the sound that you put through that plugin <laughs> like were you going to go like nah, and then the plugin's going to turn that into a scream like i don't understand like what voice would right. you make you know so it's not true it's completely untrue and it's super weird to me, that people think that so there's a lot of people who will hesitate in order for people to hear some of what they're actually doing and mm-hmm. avoid pushing too hard in the vocal sense. And uh, you mentioned the guitar sense going overboard when all you have to do is turn on this particular compression, which everybody, all the pros are using or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that takes a lot of awakening too. Of like what what is the instrument or the voice actually capable of doing? What is the rest of it? You know, on top of that, what you know, what yeah. are we actually hearing?
1: It gives you context, which I think is so important. If you don't have that context of what the end result actually is when it goes through all that stuff, it's a lot harder because what you're comparing yourself to, um, almost a lot of people are, is to the end product, or you're comparing yourself to people on you know on their tracks screaming that have <laughs> all this stuff on it already. So it's, it's such a bigger leap. And I think it's way harder to contextualize unless you literally have some of that stuff going and then you try to match it. Um, and then you can be like, okay, exactly. now I can see the differences and it, the differences actually make a lot more sense. It's not like this necessarily giant mountain of differences. There's still probably a difference because they've been doing it for a while. And maybe you just, you know, just started or whatnot, but you know, it's, it's, it's not this ginormous in completely impossible leap. And I think that's important. Like, yeah, same thing with the guitar and even drums and other instrument. It's like having that context is so important so you're not then also straining yourself with what you're applying and putting more, more effort into some things to get the right amount of output. That's how I always kind of describe it. It's mm-hmm. like, that's just inefficient. Why would you, you know, do a bend where you're just shoving your fingers straight up instead of like utilizing your wrists, you know, and things like that. Like, why are you doing more work? <laughs> that's yes. the point.
0: It, well, and that's the thing. It's, I'm always using like live recordings to show my students examples of people because with vocals and and with guitars, there's yeah. just tons of layering. It's a it's a yes. production technique. and There's this whole sense of effects and layers are some kind of cop-out when in, in fact that is beyond the industry standard you know and the yeah. more famous the band is the more high level production the more of that stuff i could do all that to someone who can't scream and it, again it doesn't make them scream it won't turn a good guitar a bad guitar player good just because they layered it in fact it all this production these will just make it worse probably yeah.
1: That's true. So, if, yeah. If you smash compression on a really bad passage, like you're you're gonna hear all the mistakes. All right the one. mistakes,
0: like the pick noise, like all the noise. And, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I tell everybody, I'm like, okay, so you can't compare yourself, you know. I'm always like, by the time you, you a vocalist is in a reaction video and on your radar, they've already been a band for like 10 years, realistically. Yes. Second of all, so that means 10 years of practice, first of all. Second of yeah. all, <laughs> yeah. if you're not listening to live recordings or like a live Take one take or something like a playthrough, you are not hearing what the vocalist is actually doing. You're hearing four to six layers minimum, a lot of times, and many times we hear different kinds of vocals throughout those stereo mm-hmm. layers. So, yeah, they couldn't possibly compare themselves, and it's really important to know that. And if you're not if you take your scream and put some compression and on it and start layering it, all of a sudden, even if you're new, like you said, there's still a difference compared to with 10 years of practice, but you're like, Oh, it actually sounds a lot more like the records I listen to, you know? Yeah.
1: You can see it, how it can get to that more. So, which is, is so important. I've, I've had students with, uh, even guitar sometimes, and they'll be, and they'll hear something that's lo fied basically in a mix. They'll oh. be like, how do I like get that guitar tone? Like with my knobs sometimes. And I'm like, ueq it after with production. <laughs> it's not you know, a it's, knob it's, it's, yeah, no yeah it's, it's it's not a knob which again they, they don't know that which again that's the part of just like getting that context which is super helpful and once they can get that it's like oh that makes so much sense and um because again a lot of people don't see that end product and i'm like yeah you need the context man and it's, yep. it's so much more helpful then
0: Yeah, and and that's also part of lessons in education is making the music creation process very transparent. Comparison becomes more fair. And you realize, okay, these are the things I actually need to work on. The rest of this was just like production that I'm hearing. And also, too, like with clean vocals, the tuning standards are so incredibly high nowadays. Mm -hmm. The further you go back in decades, the more you hear vocals being like out of tune, and even guitars too. Like I've heard lots of recordings where the guitar was out of tune. The whole recording, relative to the guitar, is out of tune. Again, we don't notice that too much if we don't have perfect pitch or anything. This is just how it's done. Like, (laughs) yeah. how it is done you, you shouldn't rely on it you should try to sing as in tune as possible but humans aren't robots the way that clean singers are singing live um there's a lot more width for what sounds in tune and and things like that you know so yeah
1: and when you're recording an album like that's that's forever like a live show here and there you get a little you know out of pitch it's like all right you know it's a live show here and there you have whatever as many 50 more that year you know it's like yeah studio, like that's one you're gonna have that forever that's gonna be the reference. And, you know, some people I get, they just want it to be so super natural, everything just full one takes no extra cuts. And hey, if you go for it, a lot of extra work, but go for it if you want to. But the sad part sometimes with that is seeing how sometimes little the, everyone else respects that because the thing is they don't know right they don't know
0: yeah they're just gonna think you didn't do as good of a job you know and and you're not you're not you're not you don't think that personally but the audience again relative to like the production standards at the time Mm. the way that the other pro vocalists are being edited and comped and tuned Mm. and and again, very pro people, with and a lot of people don't even know too. A lot of live recordings are uh, punched in afterwards, you know. So half the time, you know, if we hear like a live album, people are perfecting it because if you know you can do it better, nothing's more maddening
1: than right. hearing
0: it subpar on a recording, you know.
1: Oh, that would drive yeah, that's would <laughs> drive me crazy. There's a there's a buddy of mine, Chris Turner. I don't know if you know him, the drummer of Oceans Eight Alaska, hey. and um, he is insane. He he's the dude that is very much like dude one take no replacements triggers none of that he, it's just him 100 he's been doing these tracks which are just musical masterpieces basically technical ability wise and it's so funny because even though he's marketing it as like guys like the whole point of this is that this is just a one take no trigger replacement like that is the purpose of this with crazy technical ability mm-hmm. he'll still get people to message me and be like dude like people are still telling me like oh like you know this is this is all trigger this is all you know program this is all <laughs> like you can't even win even if you're that good doing it and putting that much effort and sometimes you still can't win but other than that he gets his own of course self-happiness of being like i can did that i don't care what you know probably if people think i did it or not he at least gets to be like i did that in um, his but,
0: mind yeah and and that is true too because like uh people will say that a lot about vocals you know like, yeah and it's the same thing and so even when you do do it in one take and you do do it live like if you are really good people will just assume but i I think that's hilarious because i gotta be honest i've had recordings where people will send it to me and be like my vocalist can you tune this and i will sit there in the melody and i'll try to tune this heard, if you will, and it doesn't turn it into good vocals. The person wasn't giving a good performance. Mm -hmm. um, Auto-tune really does not fix it at all. If the person has a real awkward way of phonating the vowels and just doesn't have good vocal technique and resonance, tuning does not fix it. And just like there is no plugin that can make a screamer scream you know all these things are just slight enhancements you have to be able to do vocals and play pretty well for the because like we were talking about a lot of those things will make it sound worse so oh
1: exactly it's you gotta gotta actually know your instrument and regardless people will say what they'll say if it's too good they'll say it's fake if it's if it's bad they'll be like well it's it's what happened why isn't this good enough you'll be like well because it's real so it's like there's no winning and no that's why with me, I've I'm, I'm just always been a dude of like, I want it to sound good at the end. And if I need to play this live, I will figure it out. I will make it and I won't half ass it. I'll make it work and that kind of thing. Um, And it's just just make it sound good. That's all I care. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the stereo. I'm listening to the music the whole time. For me, I'll see a show maybe of someone playing like once a year and hopefully mm-hmm. they do well and really can do it close enough, right? Right. And even if they don't, I'll be like, "All right, back to the CD, you know, like at least they wrote that." I'm I'm I've I've been always much more of a dude of like um the writing process and that that kind of stuff than caring about the mm. proficiency and mastery sometimes of even the instrument. Even though I was a guitarist first, I fell in love much more with the writing aspect and like seeing how the songwriting is is gone than like, "Okay, can they actually do that?" like I always hope they can, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. It maybe if they're there actually-
0: for you, you're not there. Again, human beings are human, and even the best musicians are human. They're going to do the best they can live. But there are some real famous people, and they all make mistakes. You know, mm. and and that's why even some of them are doing dubs and their live stuff because they're human. They can't. What we do on records is not possible to replicate live, to be honest, really to that level of perfection. Like what I can mm. do at 10 comp to vocal takes. <laughs> right. Not what I can do in like one line live. If yeah. it was They just keep one take,
1: you mm, know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. It, it, it can be tricky. Yeah. And uh, hope, I think as we kind of keep going, more people will start to get that. It's just it's going to take a while for people to finally not say that every vocal thing or that auto tune is like evil. <laughs> and It's like this like scary thing of like it's it's auto tune. It's it's too perfect. And you're like, I'm, I mean, everyone uses like at least like one percent auto tune if they really need to with something just to tweak it. Because why are you going to have that everything else be perfect? And then this one little thing. Be, like, the slightest oh, pitch yeah. off. You know? And
0: especially, like, because what if you nailed the expression and the tone exactly? Yes. You know? Right. Okay, and then you just need to tune one little note. I mean, yes, you should do that, you know? Because how it's not easy to replicate the perfect take either, so... <laughs> We're getting back to live shows and stuff. Would you ever want to tour? You have such a presence. You work with a lot of musicians. Would Termina ever become something you guys would do live? Do you ever want to join a touring band? Or are you just, what does the outlook look for you now that the pandemic is sort of receding?
1: So Andy loves touring and that's why he's in touring bands. And that's that's his thing. Like he He loves writing, but I think he loves performing more than absolutely anything. That's his thing. Um, I am not that. (laughs) (laughs) I am the complete opposite. I love writing. That's why I love music. Performing is fun. Um, I've, I've done it a decent amount of times here and there. And it's just, it's more, sometimes I feel it's more stressful than enjoyable at at times. And for me, and it's like, I have so much fun writing. I rather just do, do that a lot of the time. That's just more of a general thing. And then there's the more practical, like actual reasons of like, well, with Termina, we actually have gotten tour offers, which is really funny by like friends and bands. And I'm like, thank you so much for this tour offer that I know a lot of other bands would kind of like die for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we're not going to be touring with us. And they're not like, Oh, okay, no problem. And I always feel so bad. Cause, cause it's like, again, you know, like we, we're just doing, we're just writing, having fun. And Andy's again, doing his stuff. I'm doing my stuff. And I guess this ties with why I probably went to with terminal or my own stuff. It's just, I'm, I'm a YouTuber. I have this career. Could I take like two weeks off? Yeah. Do I want to? Not really. You know, like it's even in terms of the reasoning for touring, other than the satisfaction of performing, like people obviously tour to you know try to get paid. Hopefully they can actually pay their expenses more so and actually make money from the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and and like get their name out there. But it's like I can sit at home do a reaction video that maybe wouldn't get claimed and probably make more money than we'd make on the tour and just put that towards the term of fun. Yes. Also, that takes me 20 minutes. Touring takes me a month. Um, yes. you know, it's it's you know, I I I know it's maybe more of a nihilistic way of organizing it for myself or it's or just like a negative way, but it's just the way I've, I've thought of it always. It's like I can put so much less work and have probably more fun without being in a stinky ass van was with, with my one of my dudes <laughs> you know so true. um just doing what i do and that's again i know that's that's a luxury because metal bands don't have that they don't have youtube channels or do twitch streams all the time that they they can just choose to do that instead they have they to do they, they should, should. <laughs> they should they <laughs> should um they have to tour so i get that that's like, that's, an op, that's a luxurious thing that I, I have the choice of just not and being completely fine without doing it. So I take that opportunity instead of kind of guilt myself into feeling like, oh, I'm in a band. I have to tour, get the name out there. No, I can stay at home and maybe write a whole album in, in two weeks and release that and get way more fans or do reaction videos, and get way more fans for that. Make money instead of lose money. Be at home and be happy because I at home and have my own toilet, you know, instead of
0: <laughs> yeah, touring you know, is brutal.
1: Yeah, it's not an easy thing. And again, that's why it's like I'm I'm I have to weigh all those versus just like the satisfaction I would instead get performing, right? That's the one thing I can't get is that satisfaction. But me personally, I don't really get as much of a satisfaction from performing, other than like Andy. Andy, uh-huh. I know does. So he would do anything for touring, whereas that's why I'm like, nah. And that's why we both decide, like, Termina, unless we get some, like, dumb, stupid opportunity, which we won't. But unless, like, it's not happening. Like a
0: festival, too. Like, like that's a one-time yeah. thing, you know? And yeah. so it's, like, a big European festival. Okay, you know, like, yeah. like, a one-day thing is different, I
1: think. Exactly. Other than that, i rather just do what I do and make music. And that's what I really enjoy instead of, like I said, just do that grind. It's fucking hard grind, man. <laughs> it's a, not an easy grind. Going every day playing a 40 minute set which again probably you know it makes you happy and it feels good to do and then you meet people and meet all the fans and stuff and then you pack up you know sleep try to find a place to eat try to find a place to go to the bathroom all that stuff you know you get on each other's nerves it's tough it's it's not it's not an easy life
0: it's super rough especially touring North America and stuff like gruelingly long drives we actually like pack up at two in the morning and we have to leave right now and we have to drive through the night because Loden is 3 p.m the next day and it's a 12-hour drive to the next city so you actually don't sleep even if you can afford hotels a lot of times you cannot stop to go there even if you can't afford food a lot of times the food you get to this gas station in the middle of wyoming and it's like they have cheese and a couple bags of crackers like you can't eat yep. a pro- proper meal like <laughs> i i understand because i've done the grind and um and i i'm a bit like andy where i i kind of i love the right. performing satisfaction but um yes to be honest it's very hard on people financially and if you're a content creator it really does it takes you away that's like a whole month unless you're again but on the road you think you would be have time to make kind of like i'm gonna film this stuff and bring my mm-hmm. gopro and like but when, like, half the venues, yeah. like, you get there, the Wi Fi is bad, like, or the signals. It's just mm-hmm. like a really tough, it's really, really tough for your content creator to be uh, consistent. So that's interesting to hear. But nowadays, it's like that. You can make an entirely awesome, profitable, successful musician career without having to tour whatsoever. And I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's, if you can do that, that's just go for it. And if you have to tour, then like, I have so much respect for those touring bands because, and that, that make it, doing that like that is can that's insane that's crazy that is tough that's the old school grind man like that is it and it's so hard and i'm just i'm just blessed i'm like hey bro i i'm just blessed i'm lucky i don't have to i don't have to do it to pay the bill so i'm not gonna force myself to if i don't have to
0: at the same time, I feel like nowadays, you know, bands definitely do do not really get discovered by tours. I think like mm. the only touring bands that are making money are people who have already established themselves very very well yep. on the internet, you know, on social on the on the
1: internet, that special place that everyone the should onlines. be. On the online. <laughs> online. Even TikTok. Like just go go spend like 3 months on TikTok. The algorithm there is insane and post random ass videos and you'll, you'll gain a following for your band. Probably just, just go do that. <laughs> It'll be way
0: be- more venues willing to book you. Well, seriously, like, uh, getting booked. I mean, people think numbers are, are my music is so good. Like, what do I need these numbers for? But the numbers, like as long as they're not bought <laughs> and like faked yeah. are a direct reflection of how many people will buy tickets to your show? How many people yeah. are actually interested in this band? And nowadays you can look at spot your Spotify statistics. You can even see which cities would be worth playing and not Yeah. And- literally some bookings that i've gotten for bands i've been in like when i send them the song that has the most views that is what's getting them to book it they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily even need to know the bands whether you tour or not you know you have to have that still you have to have numbers to even get tours plus it's less financial risk for you as a touring band if you have established social media and you can bank like people are going to pay to come to the shows you're not going to sit there in el paso (laughs) playing to like 20 people you know what i'm saying
1: it's it's a resume that's that's what i always say it's like it's it's this artificial resume of your numbers right your sub numbers your follower numbers your your whatever it's it's your resume that people will look at that that labels will look at that you know that doesn't necessarily mean you're more talented than a person who no one knows it just means that they don't have to do the research and the time and effort to figure out if you are or not (laughs) You know what it, I mean? It and it
0: means you have an audience that they that they yes. know that you have it regardless what it means is r- no matter who's talented more or not that that yeah. person has an audience of people who are listening to them. Yeah. And that is what they're looking for. They're not necessarily judging are people caring about this? Is this a good investment? Like if we book this band at our venue or sign this band to our label? Is there interest here? That's more mm-hmm. of how I, I hear people talking about it. it's so important, you know.
1: Yeah. Utilize social media. I I've, I've seen so many t- insanely talented musicians get nowhere they, they quit their instrument and it's the sad. it's one of the saddest so things so sad i ever see i'm like wow no one will ever hear your talent like this beautiful thing that you and you only you can do no one will ever hear it and it's all because just they won't do the social media or try to get out there or they've tried a little and they're like eh, it's, it's not worth it i'd rather just do this i'm like It's it's sad. It's 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 super sad. But it
0: also I I think it's massive comfort zone. Like most of the people are just too uncomfortable with being public like that. It's really tough. Um, and I think a lot of people cannot reconcile that, you know.
1: It's tough when people tell you to do mean things to yourself. <laughs> yeah, in the comments, it's
0: horrible. Are like, <laughs> and who could blame people? You know, I yeah. tell most of my vocal students and stuff because I also say YouTube will be your resume when you when you want to be in a band. Like again, yep. you need to have some examples of what you can do, even if no one really views your covers. You still need to like quick links that you can direct people to if yep. you're auditioning for a band and all of that turn the comments off like if you're not a content creator like we are you know then just turn the comments off because if you just make covers for your resume and you're not necessarily trying to like blow up on social media back in the day like in the before times you know like <laughs> the mtv times like people would a music video and you cannot comment on it people put a sign in the radio you cannot i mean you can comment yeah, yeah. to like your friends in the room you know, man, this Anthrax video is bullshit, you know, but, right. you know, not, I don't think that about Anthrax, by the way, but like, I'm thinking <laughs> of like an old band when you're sitting there and like, yeah. you can talk to your friends in the room, but there was no audience gets to comment on your performance and the artist actually gets to read it. Like that did not exist for the vast majority of the music industry as mm. we know it. And so, I always tell people, why does a piece of art need you comments? You know what I mean. Mm. Like if you're just, you can turn off some of that stuff um, if you're not. uh, Because I think content creators, we have more stuff that needs interaction but um as far as like just a cover like i don't know i'm not sure why that needs a lot of commentary what's the future look like you're just going to continue doing the youtube the social media stay focused do you have any other you've got this big thing with philabonte do you have anything else on the docket anything else you want to promote or cover or mention that we didn't really talk about today
1: um yeah just i mean youtube is my life i hope i can do it as long as uh youtube doesn't explode that'd be cool um you know and twitch I, i've twitch streaming has been super fun um doing dumb random not even unique things on tiktok just taking 20 second cuts of my youtube videos and turn on tiktok building that's been fun but yeah a lot of that a lot of weird content and then original wise yeah the thing with phil that's that's coming at least one of the tracks will definitely probably be coming soon that's a lot of work but it's it's sounding pretty pretty crazy i'm very excited about that i have oh i mean i the breather i always forget to mention that i the breather we're doing stuff too with that band
0: you're like oh Um, the million things i'm in
1: yeah i i actually forget sometimes until someone messages me he's like hey did you hey like um like let's uh, start getting on that next demo or something i'm like I'm in this. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah that, I, The Breather stuff's coming. I'm doing fun things. Uh, rectangles with Jared Alonji. He's a funny guy, too. Uh, Termina, we got to start working on the next album. Basically, those things. Oh, and the Trap Metal EP thing that I am working on. Eh, that's,
0: that's a lot fun. of stuff. That's a lot it, to look forward to.
1: Yeah, a lot for me to, a lot of opportunities for me to embarrass myself on the internet and just do more stupid things. Uh, just have some fun, man. Like, I'm at that point where it's like, I felt like I've done a lot with the YouTube stuff and I want to keep pushing that, but I really just want to brand, like have fun trying different things that are all metal. So people don't panic <laughs> and right. see what, see what it comes out to, you know, just, just try shit, have fun, see what what avenues are there and, and go with it and make some cool music that hopefully people like. That's really it.
0: Well, I think people really do like it, obviously. You've got a great following, and I loved having you on. People are going to love hearing about all these details. It was super inspiring and motivating for a lot of people who want to create content and look at some of the realities of doing this. And so I really appreciate your insight and being on the podcast. This is awesome. Thank you so
1: much, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: That wraps up this episode of the Voice Hacks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show.